Today, I'm joined by David Gerald. David is the founder, president, and CEO of Securities Investors Association Singapore, or short, SIAS. This episode focuses on spotting investment scams. David shares with us some of the investment scams he has witnessed over time and why the adage, if it's too good to be true, it probably is, holds weight when it comes to spotting investment scams. I hope you enjoy it. And if you do, be sure to subscribe and consider leaving us a review and sharing it with your friends. Welcome to another episode of In Your Best Interest, your personal finance podcast. I'm your host, Philip Müller, and today I'm looking forward to a discussion around spotting investment scams. We all have heard of horror stories before where people are being taken advantage of by con artists, and this does not only happen on the streets, but also in the personal finance and investment space, unfortunately. So today I have on the show David Gerald. He's been at the helm as founder, president, and CEO of Securities Investors Association Singapore, or short, SIAS. SIS, the voice of retail investors in Singapore, actively promotes investor education at all levels in the community, investor rights, and corporate governance standards. Mr. Jared is heralded as a champion of corporate governance and investor rights in Southeast Asia. And for this reason, Forbes Global featured him on their global cover page. He's a regularly sought after for his thought leadership by international and local broadcasts, as well as print agencies. Mr. Jared received the Special Achievement Award by Singapore Exchange, SGX, in 2009 for championing individual investors' interests, advocating good corporate governance and investor education. Mr. Gerald, it's very, very much a pleasure to have you on the show today. My pleasure, too. It's an it's a, it's a impressive background. And uh, again, I, as I mentioned before we uh, started recording, um, we were part of uh, SIS Investor Week um, a couple of years back. Um, yeah. So I kind of know what you're doing there and how you're out in the community, you know, um, raising awareness and helping, helping everyday investors um, do better. So I do have to ask, before I get into the topic, uh, one question is, I, I did a little bit of research and I heard uh, and I read about you and on your LinkedIn as well. And it says you used to be a criminal lawyer. That's right. How yeah. did you come about then founding SIS in 1999? How did you make that switch? Okay. I very much like to be within the four walls of a courtroom. You know, I've been a judge, I've been a prosecutor, I've been a defense counsel. But in 1998, September, Mahathir, uh, you know, Dr. Mahathir of Malaysia uh, came about to freeze. They decided to freeze 172,000 Singaporeans' uh, assets in 112 companies, investments in 112 companies in Malaysia. Uh, they were facing the Asian financial crisis and they were in dire need of money. Uh, they couldn't raise a loan from Singapore, so they decided to freeze our, you know, investments. And then uh, private companies were asked to settle this. And they were asking for 52 cents per dollar for to get back our shares. So for nine months in there, there was a stalemate. And the government of Singapore was told that Mahathir wants to talk to the small investors directly because if he says, We are, cause, we are the cause of his, uh, you know, stock market woes, a collapse mm -hmm. of their stock market. So no one put up their hand. And I have been used to forming associations and clubs in Singapore. 
and I, I have been active leading community groups. I decided then to put up my hand and said, okay, uh, although I know little or nothing about <laughs> stock market, you know, I will yeah. gather all of you together, form an association called the Securities Investors Association of Singapore, SIAS, which acronym was also, you know, humorously known as Silly Investors Always Suffer. <laughs> and indeed, I haven't heard this yet. <laughs> <laughs> and indeed, indeed, we were silly because we were investing in Malaysia without knowing anything about the company, the political situation, the governance, you know, and, and the strategies there. And uh, so I decided, no, look, these guys got to be changing their mindset. And therefore, SIS should stand for Smart Investors Always Succeed. So yes. how do you make them smart investors? Through education and information. So we, at first, I, you know, I had to resolve the club issue. So that took me nine months uh, to resolve it by going to various media, international media, Dow Jones, you know, Asian, Asian Wall Street Journal, then, uh, you know, BBC, uh, Bloomberg, CNBC, CNN. I, I used to appear in all these to tell the world what Malaysia has done to us small people yep. and that we are the victims and we have put money in Malaysia instead of protecting us. So finally, a thought came to me and that is Malaysia is a signatory to WTO where they have agreed to treat local and foreign investors equally and they will not discriminate. So our government, Singapore government, decided, agreed and decided to uh, go to WTO. So they announced. And then we had a huge, uh, you know, we used to have a lot of uh, dialogue sessions with these club. We call them the club investors because they were investing through a counter called CLOB club. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, suddenly within a week, they offered to settle. And we settled not at 52 cents as they asked, but at 1 cent to 1.5 cents. And having settled that, then I asked myself, do I return to law practice or do I stay, you know, at SIS? Um, no money, but we had to build it up. So I decided to stay on as CEO and build up SIS by taking investor education as my first, uh, you know, job. And uh, we advanced that objective island-wide, doing financial planning and investment, uh, you know, education. We use fund managers, brokers, academy, academics to join us. And we, you know, took the mission to all parts of Singapore, north, south, east, west. Then we started looking at governance of companies and transparency of companies. Slowly, SIA started to get support, not only from investors, but also uh, companies wanting to work with us. But yeah. on, on the basis that we would be independent and we would, check them if they themselves go wrong, but they wanted to join us to sponsor our investor education program. So with myself and my secretary today, we are 20 to 21 employees and we have been around for 21 years. We have covered something like 225,000 citizens. We yeah. have done over 4,000 programs and we are marching on. Yeah, absolutely, marching on. This is a great story. I think a great background before we get now into the topic. And I think if people want to learn more about it, we'll put um, your website address into the show notes as well so people can do a follow-up. And if they want to go to any of your events, they can sign up on your website. So let's let's take it to the topic then. I um, Spotting investment scams, right? And I think 
obviously you were you you um you started your work in the you know asian financial crisis on the bond side but i think you guys are also very much experts at what people are like you know exposed to even in today's world right the internet is readily available for people to do research um you know there's a lot of uh, you know information out there but also a lot of misinformation so how about we start at some of the red flags that you see that are out there where that people fall for right right let me at the outset say that the victims are largely people who are emotional who are greedy and who you know take up help offered without thinking without asking questions why yeah. because in a low interest environment people are trying to get more money uh, returns better returns on on their investments so when uh, investment scam is derived and put to a victim who is greedy or emotional and does not want to think about whether it is true or not he becomes an easy victim so they usually the features of a investment scam would be guaranteed returns they would offer very high return and low or no risk which is impossible as you know every investment has got risk and various levels of risk according to the investment product right yeah, so absolutely yeah. but these guys are told you know you'll get 12% we had in fact uh, uh, you know two gentlemen went to jail uh, in profitable plots some not long ago they are serving 8 years and 7 years imprisonment why they derived a product and uh, a chemical product and then they say okay we'll give you 12% every 6 months now <laughs> where on earth can you earn that kind of returns you know and and yet thousands hundreds of people bought that you know Yeah. No, I think I think people always uh, you know like uh, just from my experience as well it's yeah. like people always look for fat quick money, right? And yeah. if like someone says, "Oh, look, I have, you know, I made a couple of trades. I made this much money. It's a it's a bulletproof investment." This, you know, this is always where people fall for it. Like it's it, you know, even investing it's hard earned, right? It's right. not easy. Not easy. And therefore guaranteed high return uh investment is a red flag firstly. Yeah. Secondly, pressure tactics. Person selling such an investment would say, "I have only one or two lots left. You better make your decision quickly because a lot of phone calls are coming in." And this guy is at a lunch with his friends, and he's told, "Look, you got eight percent or ten percent. You know, I, this this you cannot get anywhere, really. Uh, yes, yes, yes. You know, better better book. Okay, okay, book me in. <laughs> uh, that's a pressure tactic, you know. Yeah. And then and then basically." Uh, you know these are usually unregulated investment uh, opportunities so they are complicated and they are unique opportunities so the investor need to understand the investment and they must ask questions and very often the red flags are not you know questioned the red flags are there and the and the opportunity is not questioned yeah No, absolutely and I think you hit the nail on the head with all of those, right? And you if you if you read the newspaper or you go online and search for this, this is usually what happens, right? And that's I think where also a, a good wisdom from Warren Buffett is only invest in what you know or what you understand, right? Because, you know, really do your research before you get into any of these things. So, we saw some red flags. But so, and we talked about one tactic, which is the pressure tactic, right? That they use. What are some other tactics uh, that are commonly used in investment scams? 
Well, it's a hard sell tactic and giving lofty promises. They actually promised the moon. And this guy who is very, you know, um, soft in his head uh, and very greedy uh, only looks at what is being offered. And he quickly pushes the product and he says, take it or leave it. There are many others wanting this. And the poor chair falls for the hard sell. And they don't give you an opportunity to call back or follow up with the seller. You know, the seller usually is based overseas, China or Europe or somewhere, or even Latin America. I could call from Latin America. Uh, so these guys will call and, and, they, and you can't call them back. So, and they pressure you into making a rush decision. Uh, you know, and, and often give you complicated explanations or they use uh, or the use of highly complex terminology. They use bomb- bombastic language, you know, Philip. They, yeah. they, they, <laughs> the simple-minded fellas, wow, this one sounds very, very big, you know. And he tells his friends, you know, today I invested in, uh, I, I sent money to this investment and really, really, you know, I don't understand, but it re- sounded really good. So, and then they show you emails or newsletters with unclear source, no way to find out or call back or check it, you know. So these are some of the tactics they use to convince you because you are actually very, very innocent and very greedy. So, So they take advantage of you. Yeah. They absolutely do. And so, yeah, like, like you said, the, the, the highly complex things uh, are always a hard no for people to, to, to look out for. And then, of course, you know, deal with where, you know, if you're living in Singapore, you should probably look at someone that's, you know, regulated by the MAS. Right? Right. That's the first sign of safety, um, you know, and anything that is coming from abroad is always it's suspicious. 99% probably suspicious, right? Or like uh, turns out to be a, a scam. Yes. So that's definitely one. So then now that we kind of know the red flags to look out for, we kind of have a thought about the different tactics that they use so we can take a you know, look at them. So how do we avoid scams? And so, is it even possible to avoid them completely? Yes, absolutely possible. First rule of the thumb is ignore unsolicited calls by phone, email, WhatsApp. You know, ignore the unsolicited calls. Never, never entertain someone wanting to sell you something on the phone or by emails because there are so many institutions in Singapore, financial institutions, which offer financial products. You can you can be safe in the sense that you can always get back to them. You can question them. You can, in fact, things go wrong. You can hold them responsible. But overseas calls, and unsolicited calls should be avoided. Never give your personal details. Never. You know, your credentials are very important. And and your information, your personal information must be, you know, like your gospel truth. It should never be revealed to others. Uh, and ask many questions as you can. You're right. First of all, how are the profits generated? You're offering me 12%. You know, how do you, how do you, what sort of business is this you're invested in that I'm going to get this much? How long must I stay invested? Very, very typical for, uh, you know, especially if they want to put you into some long-term uh, locked yeah. up thing, right? right? Yeah. And what happens if I want to withdraw my money? I'll give you an example. I went to a local bank and, uh, you know, RM 
there was telling me and my wife, my wife and I went there with a little bit of money for a fixed deposit. Guaranteed 3%, ma'am. Don't worry. Then went on. My wife was nearly filling up the forms. I said, hang on a minute. What if I want to withdraw the money? How, many, how much will you do that? Oh, very little. Very little. <laughs> Please tell me more. 10%. Finally, after, you know, yeah. him. So we have to also verify credentials. We have to check the management team information. Who who are the managers? Where you know, get, get show me who are they. Company information, you know, address of the company, business registration number, and uh, track record of the company. Uh, you will have to go to ACRA, you know, ACRA or MAS website to check this. Yeah, we can put those links in the show notes as well. That's great. Um, yeah. Yes. Adopt a mindset. There's no such thing as easy money. Yes, you're telling, you're telling the, the preacher. <laughs> That's what I always tell friends, family, yeah. you know, clients. You know, if it's, yeah. it's, if it's too good to be true, it's probably too good, good to be true. <laughs> if, yeah, if it's too good to be true, it's probably true. And then check online reviews, you know. I mean, be a little bit more, I mean, cleverer, you know. Just check the online review. What are people saying? Don't follow the crowd. You know, the herd mentality is often the problem. In my yeah. 21 years at SIS, the herd mentality and losing money because my friend invested and yeah. I think we're making... Ask for documentation if possible. All right? Yeah. Have, do, you, do you think that... Um, do you think it's investment scams over the last, let's say, like three to five years have increased or have decreased because of the internet being more transparent? What, what, what is kind of like your guys' yeah, view yeah. on this? Investment scams actually uh, have, have increased, especially from uh, China. Okay. Uh, the offer, uh, the offers, the people offering uh, investment scams. Uh, okay. I, I had, I think it is up last year. It was fifty-two million we lost, uh, and it's up by, uh, you know, I think it's quite a bit actually, quite yeah. a bit. Okay, yeah, no, it was just interesting to hear. Yeah, I was just wondering yeah. if like people have, because the internet, you know, also makes a level playing field where people can do more research. But then, like you said, mm -hmm. you know, the, the mindset, you know, like the follow the crowd mindset, hey, my friend did it and he makes a lot of money on it. I want to do it, right? It's easy. It's, yeah. it's too, Philippi, it's too uh, interesting. In 2019, there were 508 uh, investment scams. That is 161 more. That's the latest figures from the police, right? And yeah. uh, that's about they lost in 2019 36. Point, it amounted to 36.9 million. Wow. Uh, whereas it was minus that is minus, and then largest sum cheated was 5.3 million. Phew, that's a lot. <laughs> and that, and that's just the ones that got reported, right? So yeah, correct. How this many do? Huh? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I, mean, I mean, people are continue even today as we are speaking, somebody is being scammed. Yes. 100%. 100%. So, you know, so what, what can you do then to protect yourself? So we, we basically have to uh, tell, uh, tell ourselves we should not act on an unsolicited, unsolicited offer to buy any investment product. Even if your relative comes to you to sell the investment, all right, don't yep. buy it. Don't buy it because they've been scammed. They don't know. They think they're going to get the money soon. But they come and tell you, hey, I'm going to get 10%. But the money is gone. Yes. Keep your financial information to yourself. Never, never share account numbers 
bank account numbers, usernames, logins, passwords, or personal identification numbers. Never. So, always keep your assets, money with a reputable firm. And how would you say if someone can see if it's a reputable firm? One is obviously the MAS, you know, that they're, you know, lies of the MAS. Is there anything else that you would say? The other thing is check out the firm. I mean, if they say ABC firm, look it up immediately and see whether or not it's on and whether what what are they offering. I mean, tell me if somebody, I mean, Philip, if somebody rings you and said, I'm from DBS, uh, you will listen and then say, hang on a minute, let me check your name out of the DBS yeah. or let me call DBS, right? Yeah. Never invest in a product you don't understand at all. If you don't understand, walk away, put on the phone, right? Yeah. Don't continue to talk. Verify what you're told with a trusted advisor or friend. Go to an investment advisor or come to SIS. We, we are a charity and we are free. We don't charge a fee. Uh, go to, you know, uh, if it is a product other than investment, you can go to case. But if it's an investment product, if you want help, we are here to help. I mean, the the, the, the mantra is this, ask, check, confirm. Yeah. Ask, check, confirm. I mean, I, I think that's a great mantra, right? And I think I always yeah. tell people as well, it's like, you should be your own personal CFO. It's your hard-earned money. And yes. you should always buy an investment you never should be sold an investment product right you need to do the research you go and buy it yourself with the research done right yes you know it really is a heartache and i've seen the tears during club time and even now you know i've seen the tears and heartaches of people who have invested without knowing the company without knowing the investment product uh all because they want to earn more. The greed factor is oh, it's really, really very dominant yeah. you know, in the investment decision. And the emotional factor, if I don't do it, I will lose it, you know? Yeah. No, absolutely. And then, so we've done what people yeah. can do to protect themselves, right? So we yeah. talked about some of the resources already, but maybe we're like, um, you know, yeah. other than um, the company's credentials, what can you do? Sure. So... Uh, go to the financial institutions directory, a list of entities regulated by MAS. Uh, so go to the website of MAS. You can look at financial institutions directory. There is this company, financial institution listed there. Uh, you can also look at the register of representatives, which is a list of individuals who conduct activities regulated by MAS, also on their website, MAS website, register of representatives. So yeah. if you say I'm a representative of this bank or this financial institution or this insurance company, you can get, get him on the MAS. Investor alert list. This is a very important one. A non-exhaustive list of entities uh, unregulated by MAS who may have been wrongly perceived as being licensed or authorized by MAS. So these are some of the uh, you know avenues open to you to check. Yeah, no, absolutely. They're all great ones for people to do before they start investing. Correct. Absolutely do those before you start investing. And then so let's say, though, unfortunately, I did get scammed. Um, A lot of people are probably, someone will be too ashamed to say anything, right? Yes. Um, You you, you know, especially, you know, in front of their family and friends. 
Um, you know, and I, like you said, you've seen tears before in your office. I can only imagine, right, if someone saved up for their grandkids' school or something and got scammed and now has nothing to show for, it's heartaching and heartbreaking, right? So yeah. what, what, what can you do once you have been targeted? Is there any chance to recoup it or at least, like, make these people, um, you know, to, you know, take, take uh, yeah. ownership of what they did? Okay, if it is a realization that occurred immediately at the time of the investment, and if you can call your financial institution, your bank to stop the transaction, uh, it'll be good. But if it is an overseas transaction, you have already money gone, uh, goodbye, you can't do anything. But what you can do is immediately call the police. They have an anti-scam center, Philip. Ah, okay. And Yes, that 800-762-6688. You can call the anti-scam center. They have recovered a fair bit of money uh, from some of the scams, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, with respect to some of the scams. Uh, Of course, once money goes out, you can't get it back uh, often. So please, uh, my advice to your listeners is become smart. And don't be silly. No, that's a, that's that's great advice. That's great advice. And before before I let you go, um, <laughs> David, yes. I wanted to uh, ask you a couple of questions. Sure. And one is, um, what was the best investment you've ever done? If you can share, it doesn't have to be a financial investment either. So no. we always get a lot of interesting answers from people. From you know. Yeah paying, uh, you know, their parents' uh, mortgage or whatever um, to, you know, investing in gold when always buying gold jewelry with every paycheck. But what was yours? Yes. In 1968, I made an investment. And uh, it has given me uh, 45 years of returns. Uh, The dividends, uh, very good dividends. Uh, uh, I married a girl whom I met in 1968 and she gave me three boys, and they're all doing very well. And I said to myself, instead of wasting my money, I put it on my wife. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> that's on the humor, humor side. But really, uh, uh, my investment on properties, uh, I, I'm a man who be- believes in uh, you know, brick and yeah. mortar. Uh, I, 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 I had never had investment knowledge those days. Uh, I am now over the 21 years picked up a fair bit, but I'm not an investment guru or an advisor, right? Yeah. I always have investment advisors with me. So the simple thing I've learned is, you know, uh, if you don't have the time and if you do not have the skills, uh, let somebody else who has the skills and time to do it for you, you know? And yeah. and, and I have therefore never, I've really, really, really uh, invested, you know, and I, I don't have the stomach for it, Philip. Honestly, yep. uh, so I tell my members: if you don't have the stomach for it, if you don't have the time, if you don't have the knowledge, don't invest. So yep. I, I, I tell them, and also Philip, you know, I gave up practice in nineteen ninety nine. I gave up practice. Uh, I could have today uh, been, a, uh, I mean, retired very rich, but I decided to do SIS, and mm-hmm. which was a voluntary thing. And later, after a while, I got as a CEO, I got some sufficient uh, remuneration but I, I didn't think that it was necessary because I was already 55 and my wife was you know a, a teacher and uh, all I needed was a bowl of rice right uh, yep. 
you know, kanji. And then uh, my three boys uh, all, uh, you know, all graduated now. And I've got six grandchildren. So this is not the time for me to invest, but my best investment has been my family. And basically, um, I think the house that we bought for matrimonial home that we bought for 98000 in 1988, just, sorry, 1978 December, because 73 December, 74 February, I got married. That was my matrimonial home in Sambang Hills Estate. Thank yeah. you. I sold it for 450000 in 1988 and went to Melbourne. And then there I bought a house for 200000 and yeah. today, I think today is about 1.4, 1.5 million. Oh, wow. Yeah, see, good investments. So where do you get that in stock or any other Correct. financial product? But uh, then I invested in another property. My son was occupying. He went to upgrade. So I bought that in Melbourne as well for 800000 My wife and I, all our savings and our, you know, uh, in, investment in properties have given good returns. Oh, this is awesome. No, really cool story. Thank you so much for sharing that. And then the last last bit is for our listeners. Um, is there any book that you would recommend for people to read? Uh, you know, something maybe uh, personal finance related or something that you got out of it that they would, you know, can take away from today and uh, have a little bit of a, a read? Okay, there are plenty of books. I think... I'm a, a great believer in value investing and therefore Warren Buffett and his yep. Benjamin, you know, his, his boss, he, the man from whom, Graham Benjamin, from whom Warren Buffett actually learned yep. would be the starting point for any investor who wants to invest. The word invest means you are considering long-term investing, not trading. I'm not, I, I don't know anything about trading. Yeah. But, but, you know, uh, so... Uh, I would I would say Graham Benjamin, and then uh, you know Warren Buffett. Yeah, absolutely. No, both very good books. I've read both of them and love them as well. And I th I think, uh, like you said, you know, this is you know, if you're investing, you know, don't try to trade if you if it's not yes. your full time job. You know, do it more. Yes. It's for the long term, right? If you're searching right. for retirement, you don't need to buy and sell every day. Yes, um, always my members. There's a lady who in nineteen, I think. 39, uh, who was a janitor, who, whose boss was an investment guru. And she told her, she told her, look, I'm going to put a thousand Australian, I mean, American dollars. And then after 30 years, she withdrew 1 million. Yep. <laughs> but 30 yep. years. Uh, yep. But people now say, oh, it's a volatile market. Uh, things are changed. You can't be long term. You've got to be short term. I said, you are talking rubbish because you've got to yes. look at fundamentals and you've got to look at, okay, long-term may not be 30 years, but uh, there's, there's one book that we wrote, we published, SIA, Three Dimensions of Successful Investing. You can go into our website, SIA's website, which actually explains investment principles and the investment products are explained, pros and cons, advantages, disadvantages, you know, and when to invest and how to invest, and all the products are explained. Also on our website, Philip, there are hundreds of um, uh, videos, you know, uh, yep. over 100 videos on this, uh, or that we did with MAS Money Sense and, uh, you know, ABS, Association of Banks and Money Sense. Uh, and uh, they 
gurus actually come on our platform and explain every investment product. And no, every- I, yep. I, I tell everyone this is a great way to get to know more about this, right? So, yeah, we'll definitely put the links on those uh, for the videos and everything. So, because I think people will have a lot more questions and interests. So, so I think uh, this is a great first start to, for them to learn more about this topic. But, and, um, yeah. Uh, and Philip, for your listeners, we are a charity. Uh, you know, we don't charge most of the time unless we had to pay the lecturer and we charge a small amount, very small amount. But we are going to have free sessions every Friday, I think, uh, once a week, we, every Monday. About uh, It's about review of the market. Uh, you know, they can ask questions 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Uh, on our website. Uh, you know, we have a former head of, uh, it's a live on for Facebook. Yeah. Uh, okay. Then we, we also do Ask Sias that will be happening uh, say monthly. They can come to Sias and ask about their own investments. Why is my investment going wrong? What happened? Yeah. Uh, can you give us some advice? And we have former head of CIMB Research uh, who is with us now, Benjamin Go, and we've got another uh, research associate, Fang Boon, from Mercer. And we have Richard Dyson, who is our general manager, who was in SGX and who has been doing investments for a long time. He is my GM. So they will take questions and they will discuss what possibly could have gone wrong. Oh, those are and great then, resources. Yeah. yeah and, then, and then we also are going to do portfolio, uh, you know, tracking of portfolio, CIAS portfolio. So uh, basically, we're not saying you must do what we are doing. Just watch whether we are right or wrong. Learn from us. Exactly. No, I think it's just a great resource for people. It's like you said, it's a, a, um, a not profit, right? Go check this out, listeners. I, I highly encourage everyone to do that. Do some research. And I, I'm sure just like myself, we all learned something today from, uh, from David. So thank you again for your time. We really, really appreciate it. Um, there's a wealth of knowledge there um, on, the, on the line today. So appreciate that and hope you have a, have a great day. And I look forward to hopefully seeing you in person soon again. Yeah, if, I may say, uh, if I may say, your listeners can log on to sis.org.sg. Yeah, and we put all these links in the show notes for them too as well. So that's great. Thank, Thank you. you so much, David. That's it for the show this week. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe and leave us a review. The reviews really help us. And we love reading your comments as well. In Your Best Interest is hosted by me, Philip Müller, we're produced by Stashaway, and we're mixed by Mo Ramley.